Season 1, Episode 3, this is the MattCast, and we are dealing with difficult people today. (laughs) (laughs) We're dealing with them every day, man. Every day. We're coming to you pre-recorded in front of a live studio audience in Norwich, Texas. (laughs) A place where hillbillies and hipsters come together. (laughs) I'm your host, Matt Williams. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Chandler. hey yo. Today, we're going to discuss how to get control of those emotions when you're dealing with those people who always seem to bring out the strife. Oh, this is the Matt cast. <laughs> Man, I'm happy to be in studio with you, Mr. Williams. Yes, sir. Thank you. And I, you. I, you? I, you. This is a hoedown. Difficult people is our topic today. And uh, like I said, this is something that we deal with every day. Difficult people are the worst. Aren't they, though? Yeah. At least for me, because of how I wing, not swing wing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a seven, bro. (laughs) I'm a seven that wings to uh, avoid confrontation. And you're talking about your Enneagram number at this time, right? Oh, yeah. Let me clarify for, for those who don't know. And there's something wrong with this podcast. Yeah. What about you? What about me? What? <laughs> How do you deal with confrontation? Do you run uh, or do you embrace? Here's the problem. I'm a seven that wings an eight. Yeah. And so when confrontation comes my way, I yeah. fully embrace confrontation. Ooh, that's right. Yeah. You do it in a healthy way, though. Well, sometimes <laughs> depends on who it is. It depends on the day, how tired I am, if I've just you know eaten or not eaten anything. Uh, what is a healthy? So, how you embrace strife or, or difficult people? Sure. Tell me what it looks like on a healthy level. On a healthy level, for me, it's I recognize that someone's upset. It could be about anything. Yeah. And so, what I do in a healthy way is I calmly listen first, and then I either come to a place where I'm giving them an explanation as to why I did what I did that upset them, or um, I tried to ask questions to get more information. And usually when I ask, if I have to ask questions, it helps them figure out that, you know what, I'm really ticked off about nothing, kind of petty, and they calm down. Yeah. Unhealthy is uh, I get defensive, mm-hmm. and uh, I use my words very well to make other people feel stupid and small. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty good at that, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's like using your your question method, your mm. question platform, uh, on on just on a unhealthy level. You articulate to identify their ignorance. Exactly. <laughs> You're just incompetent, aren't you? With life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. When we talk about difficult people, I, I want to know your inner thoughts, the inner workings of the hamsters inside of your brain. There's only one. Oh, does he have a name? Well, he had a friend, but he passed away. <laughs> so hey, kids, this a- is why we tell you, do not do drugs. <laughs> um, if you had to deal with one of three people, either a difficult boss, 
an annoying telemarketer who's calling all day long, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's just say every 20 minutes you're getting a phone call or a neighbor who knows no boundaries. And you had to deal with one of these three people all day long for a whole week. Who would you pick and why? I know exactly how I'm going to answer this. <laughs> Let me break it down for you. So the boss, what, what? No, sir. I do not want to deal with a difficult boss. That was good. That was good. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I had a difficult boss once, just once. All my other bosses, if you're listening and you're my boss, you're a great boss because I only had one terrible boss, and I'm pretty sure they went to jail. So We only have two listeners, and they're our wives, so I think you're okay there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look, look, if, if you want to help us feel better and prove to us that we have more than two listeners, like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Please go to our Instagram to the Matt Cast. You'll find us with a brown and red beard, and uh, yeah. we're in a hundred spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I really like our our logo. By Me the too. Way. I love it. Uh, so it. I, I was trying to say pig Latin, but I don't know. Ex What? No to the difficult boss. Just no. Yeah, we got it. Okay, no, no boss. Uh, and no to the neighbor. Look, I've always been blessed with good neighbors. Mm. In fact, both three. Is that why you, you buy your insurance from State Farm? Like a good neighbor, Chance Perry State Farm is there. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I love these sound effects. So no to the difficult neighbor. Okay. Um, it would be the telemarketers. All right. Ask me why. <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a way to avoid them. There's an app for that. Okay. You don't have to holler about it. I'm right here in the same room with you, man. Tell me. How do you do it? I'm sorry, but this live studio audience just <laughs> gasped me. Guys. Uh, yeah, wait for the cue, the, the little prompter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's an app for that to avoid telemarketers. It's called Haya. I don't a- get it. Yeah, it's just H. That's what it's called. It's H I Y A. Spell it again H I Y A. I'm I'm air writing it over here. Hiya. You're talking about Hiya. Hiya. Yeah, Hiya. yeah. It's an app on the Play Store for Androids, Apple Store for for <laughs> Apple phones. Wow. You download it and you can set different settings to uh <clears throat> to filter out spam calls. Mm. And Verizon actually last month, maybe a month and a half ago, came out with a free version of their uh spam caller app. You go to the Verizon uh app. You can turn mm-hmm. it on. They have three different la- levels of security, and uh, it'll help block those annoying Jamaican princesses. Right. Princesses right. that are gone. Mm. Yeah. And you yeah. just send them money so they can send you money. Yeah. They're like, hey, you want a cruise? And I'm like, great. He's like, I'm a Jamaican prince. I'm going to send my yacht. But first, I need you to Western, <laughs> what's it called? Western uh, Western Union. Western Union me $500 <laughs> so I can uh, fuel my boat <laughs> to send it to you. I'm like, something fishy going on Right, here. right. But okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay, so if I had to choose between of those you know, three people there, um, 
Uh, I think I would I would pick the annoying telemarketers too, because they're just the easiest. So listen, I had a neighbor when I first moved into my house, and if she listens to this, um, um, I love you. Um, but we were unpacking still in the house, and she said, "You know, I've been looking through my window with my binoculars, seeing if you guys have moved in yet." And I'm like, I've walked around in my underwear since we moved in. Brittany, we have to buy blinds for the windows. <laughs> yeah. We've got a great relationship now. Yeah, apparently you're telling me you love her. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I would definitely <laughs> I would definitely choose the telemarketers for that very reason. Um one time uh, I accidentally <laughs> pretended to be a Chinese person when this I thought was a telemarketer calling my house. Come to find out it was my dad's doctor. Um, you know, and it was uh it was pretty bad. <clears throat> so these people were calling you. Yeah. And you acted like Yeah, it was a terrible accent. <laughs> you know, that kind of so, stuff. So an ethnic group other than your own. That's correct. <laughs> 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 and it turned out to be a serious. Yeah, yeah. My mom was like, "Hey, um, I was living at home, and she's like, hey, did, is your dad's doctor called?'" I'm like, "No." She's like, "Well, they keep calling the, n- the house number, and they keep getting some Chinese family." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, that was definitely me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I sometimes do that with telemarketers if I ever answer it, just because. Oh man, but it's gotten so bad lately. It really has. Now they're disguising their numbers to seem like it's a local number, and so I answer thinking, "Oh, maybe somebody's calling me from." You know, the church or, you know, from a uh, business in town and kind of find out, no, it's some guy in India, you know, some call center, you know, on behalf of MasterCard wanting to sell me something. Yeah. So in dealing with a difficult boss, though. Yeah. Someone you have to see every day. Mm. And actually, <laughs> so not only do you have to, you know, interact with them, but they're actually giving you like commands to do. Right. So like that just sweetens the pot there. You're like, oh, yeah. Gosh, I just can't. I want to get out of here. Um, do you have any advice for anybody that's in that situation? So I have been there. Um, uh, I was in a company and uh, working in, and the boss wasn't the best. They weren't bad people. They just weren't the best leaders. And so you feel like when they give you commands, it's like, look, you just don't want to do your job. And so you're making me do my job plus your job. You get frustrated you know, when you're working long hours and whatnot. So um, the one thing I did tell myself is that, look, I have to keep a job, number one. And number two, um, I want to get promoted so I can help influence how this whole thing works. Mm -hmm. And I did. I did get promoted and um, had a lot more say-so. And what I found out is that once I was faithful with the small – mundane things I was doing as, as a lower-level employee, when I got to management, um, I had the ability to really give pushback to, to upper management and have some say-so in mm-hmm. some things. And so really it helped me out, you know, to, to not let my anger get the best of me because I was frustrated because I was doing grunt work and things like that on top of my other task I had to do. And um, so I would think that, you know, keeping your head level and – really understanding what you want out of your job. Yeah. Yeah, it almost takes like a paradigm shift, a, a, a you know, a perspective change. So if and, and if you're listening, you're like, oh, I've already done that. Well, <clears throat> okay. But <laughs> it takes... It takes uh, That's awesome. 
Oh, I thought we had some. It takes. Uh, <laughs> so you know, everybody's been there as a lower level, but I was not content with the work that I was being handed. Every time I was handed mm. to something, um, Philippians two thirteen or two fourteen was going out the window. Yeah, do all things without. Uh, Arguing or complaining, right? So it was like, oh my gosh, this is so lame. Like, this yeah. is, uh, what am I? You know, why am I doing this? What? Are but as soon as I started to take ownership mm. of my job, like, okay, I'm supposed to get the cokes. Boom! I'm going to be the best coke. Guy. <laughs> you know, best coke. <laughs> that's guy. it. That's it. <laughs> there, there's a, that. I'm sorry. That's an inside joke with me and another employee. That mm. <laughs> mm. I shouldn't have used it. But anyway. <laughs> Too late for that. Yeah, too late, bro. Can't go back. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I would, my advice would be, okay, first take ownership and act like you're the boss. So, like, don't don't just, all right, these things are being handed down to you for yeah. a reason. Yeah, that's right. So instead of trying to dissect the why, how about you start with excelling at what you've been given yeah. and, uh, and, and push yourself set a goal to push yourself to to be in that upper level. So you can, if you really, and, and then once you get there, if you really think those changes still need to be made, once you, you know, that's have ownership, right. and, then you can implement that. Well, and that's the thing too that you said is interesting too. When you move up into a management type position, sometimes you find that what you thought was the right answer and the right solution in the previous position, you see a different perspective of the company. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you know what? If I did that, what I thought, it was going to mess up other areas of the company and I, yeah. we can't do that. Yeah. So another good uh, visual <clears throat> was I was at this leadership conference one time and uh, they gave us, uh, they gave us like a, uh, you know, just a little test material to perform. So we were in an emergency situation. So they gave the scene, they gave a scenario of what was going on and they elected three people to be in charge and the, those three mm. people were rotated out. But, so you got all these people like, you know, trying to give out a command of what needed to happen based on the situation. And it was, it was a catastrophe moment. Okay. So a hurricane was hitting and everybody was in charge of a department. All these department heads are trying to communicate to one person what needs to happen mm. and what is most important. And of course, everybody within their own department thought theirs was... Of course. The most important. So the one who's in charge of public announcements needed to inform everybody what's going on. The ones who are in charge of removing elderly, you know, are are wanting to save lives and remove these elderly that can't move by themselves out of the way of harm's way. And, you know, the ones who are in charge of police and enforcement are wanting to, you know, like who gets first. Yeah. Well, these three individuals that were elected to be kind of the leaders, it was overwhelming. Mm. It took them, it, 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 and as soon as one person did it, it caught on really quick. They literally stood on a chair and got elevated above everything that was going on, and and it also helped everybody that was on the ground level because they're, like, screaming over each other's sure. shoulders in a circle. And that one person got elevated, and it, and the person that got elevated was able to get a much clearer picture of mm. everything, and it was communication was much better. So it took a whole different level of perspective to really see what was important. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And to uh, just to wrap this up, 
whenever you look at the Bible and you look at some principles that we see in God's Word, if you're faithful with little, you'll be entrusted with more. And I've seen that all throughout my time in, in the workforce with any job has been that, uh, you know, if I'm faithful with what I'm doing, like what you've been saying, and be just excited about the job I do have and how to make it the best and be the best employee, um, management sees that kind of thing, and they that it provides opportunities for future growth. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, keep your head up if you're dealing with a difficult boss. We are back, and it's good. It's good. All right, in this segment, uh, we're going to break down a few uh, Bible verses. I'm sure Jesus, you know, he dealt with some of this. Difficult people, Pharisees and whatnot. I would think so. The man was on a cross, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. So the Pharisees actually put Jesus in several situations where they tested him. Yeah. Um, One comes off the top of my head. It's where the Pharisees... We're testing Jesus and how he responded to the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' response was, what did Moses command you? So Jesus is, you know, saying, hey, hey, let's go back and reference what the Bible says about how to deal, yeah. with, how yeah. to deal with these things. Uh, Proverbs 20? Nope. Don't want to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Different section, wrong page. <laughs> Oh my word! This is live. <laughs> uh, so while you while you get that going, let me ask you a question. It has nothing to do with the topic. Did Jesus have facial hair? And if he did, was it a long beard, short beard, medium beard? When I when I picture my blue eyed Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> the Caucasian wonder. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. He has a, <clears throat> you know, GQ magazine, how they have the the oh, guys yeah. that have the, uh, like the, the iron brush. Yeah. Yeah. Heat brush beard. Yeah. He's got one of those. Much like yours. Yeah. I have one of those iron <clears throat> heat brush deals. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, there goes one of my birthday gifts for you. <laughs> I'm going to have to return that. Good thing it was Amazon. <laughs> my word. Oh, wow. Wish you would have told me that already. It's a thought that counts. Galatians, <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 through 22 through 23, and this is the TPT version. This is a great segue to this. <laughs> but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, Patient that endures. Sorry, patience that endures. Not like hospital patients. No. Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. So when you're dealing with a difficult person... Bible explains attributes that we are to express as Christian men and apparently women as yeah, <laughs> I'm right, told we're right. getting a lot of female listeners. Shout out to all our female listeners. Yahtzee. <laughs> is, it, is that a Yahtzee? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> yep, Christians, we're supposed to express joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness of action, life of virtue, 
Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. What was the one that, that subdues? What was that? Is it, was that patience? It was a uh, the people's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> if you smell. Patience. Patience, yeah. yeah. Isn't that so true, talking about dealing with difficult people? Just having patience can subdue a situation. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, another situation Jesus was put in, uh, at one point when the Pharisees approached him, it's always these Pharisee guys. And they have so much guts, man, just walking up out there on West Side Story, you know. Hey, Jesus. He's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, come on, man. But yeah. So what did he do? He knelt down or he squatted. I don't know. But he drew in the sand. He got close to the ground. He got close <laughs> in the ground. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> he got close to the ground. I love it. And he drew in the sand. That's right. I'm sure I could find that verse and dive into it even deeper, going off of memory here. But I'm sure that was uh, just displaying some form of patience and not everything deserves an immediate response. Sure. Or an aggressive response. You know, having patience is maybe you can respond, but being patient with what's happening around you and the, what the person's saying or doing can help you, you know, having some restraint, which is also for the spirit, which is self-control, being able to control yourself in those difficult situations and you don't slap your boss or throw something out of window because you're upset, you know, uh, it's it's really important. Slap your boss, yeah. Uh, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Luke chapter 6, verse 22 through 31. We're, we're just going to stick to some scriptures just on this one. Okay. I feel like a lot of us, uh, you know, in our episodes, we're, I don't know, I just want to take the time and really drive home. Because dealing with difficult people can be emotional. Absolutely. And it's very important to have a good foundation. Oh, yeah, definitely. So anytime we can, and I think that's what the Bible means is, is when he when it says to uh, just live in the scriptures, it, it's there for us to build our foundation on. That's right. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verse 22 through 31. Sermon on the Mount. But if you will listen, I say to you, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hate. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When you are mistreated and harassed by others, Accept it as your mission to pray for them. To those who despise you, continue to serve them and minister to them. If someone takes away your coat, give him as a gift your shirt as well. Mm. When someone comes to beg from you, give to that person what you have. When things are wrongfully taken from you, do not demand that they be given back. However you wish to be treated by others, is how you should treat everyone else. A hey. text that was written so long ago is still very hard for people to do today. A.K.A. the golden rule. That's right. Yeah. If someone takes something from me, my natural response is, Hey, yo. Yeah? Bring it back. Okay. That's your natural response? Yeah. When someone takes something from me, especially when they don't ask or, uh, you know... the they just steal it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to... Part of me, I guess the unhealthy version, wants me to track those guys down yeah. and deliver the people's elbow. <laughs> Give them one of the old 
<laughs> was that the right sound effect? <laughs> That's what they're going to say when they get oh, the people's oh, elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that speaks to me. That That is something that um, I've actually not heard before, is that when something's taken, um, you know, don't don't pursue it, per se. It, well, well, look, the reality is, if we put everything in perspective, difficult people, they're difficult because of what they do or what they say. So if someone's taking from you, uh, especially material things, it's, it's not going to last anyway. So... That's you're, right. you're really getting upset over something that, I mean, really, it's just a thing. Now, in the moment, it's it's a big deal. I understand, but yeah, we have to keep things in perspective, right? That is right. All right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> to uh, to wrap up this segment, um, a few times, uh, it, you know, it's all been work related because, as I mentioned before, there's a not about a nine to eleven year time period where I wasn't as connected to the church as I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents raised me in a manner to where I still had these Christian values and foundations that sure. I, that I grew up with and I held dear to my heart. I just wasn't connected to the body of Christ as I should have been, and. Uh, you know, anybody that's got a normal job has strife in dealing with difficult situations, that's difficult right. people. It's important to lean on these uh, foundations. So that, that's why I want to drive home a few scriptures, and I uh, encourage everyone listening to uh, make these scriptures part of your daily life. Well, before we close out today's episode, we want to take a few minutes to take it to the mat. That's where we finish out the show. We're taking questions from listeners, and we give our best insight and advice. It's like our very own Dear Abby portion of our show, and we we like this. Um, we had a question uh, from a viewer, I mean, from a listener. I keep saying viewer like somebody's watching us. We have somebody watching us. If we do, it's probably my neighbor with her binoculars. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the question is this. It's a pretty, pretty interesting question. How do I deal with a difficult person when it's my spouse? Yeah, this one, this one, this one's difficult for me. Yeah. I guess it's not difficult. I can just be transparent here. So if my wife is listening... Does she get the people's elbow, too? Tell the truth. Oh, no. I try to... Never mind. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, audience. That's enough. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I love these sound effects. Oh, it's great. Uh, Okay, so when it's your spouse, look. The only thing I can really say is... This is the person that you at some point pursued with all of your heart mm-hmm. and all they consumed your thoughts. They were the last person you thought of when you went to bed. They were the first person you thought of when you woke up. If you're in a state in, in a time in your life where you feel like it's constant argument, constant battle, I would bring yourself back. To when you were in the utmost in love with this person. Because it's all chemicals, right? Yeah, that's right. When, 
when you when you have that connection with somebody, you, your body, your brain right. floods itself with these certain chemicals. Now, there's attractions and there's certain, sure. you know, things that draw you near to each other. But <clears throat> because I, myself, and it was, it was all me uh, a couple years back, had an issue. Mm-hmm. I felt like we weren't on the same page. We weren't even in the same chapter, and sometimes we weren't even reading the same book. Mm. But guys, let me tell you this, for the men, you will rarely be on the same page, ever. But your goal should be to at least be in the same chapter. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. But no, in in this time, it was all me. Full responsibility. It was all me. Mm. It was my mental state. Not saying I was crazy, but it was my perspective of things. Sure. And uh, was this also during the season when you were away from the church? You know what? It sure was. Mm. It sure was. But it, it, it took... All right, so I really don't... I'm not a huge fan of country. There was a time when I listened... And this was also when I was away from the church. I was <laughs> I was listening to country music for yeah. like uh, about a week. And uh, there's this uh, Luke Bryan, y'all. There's a song that came out <laughs> that was a. Uh, it was his. I don't remember the words exactly, but he's like, "Bring it back uh, to you and me, like we used to be." Um, yeah, I, I, that's I don't know. all I'm gonna give you because uh, okay, otherwise I'm gonna start singing it sounding like Luke Bryan, y'all. Hey man, <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so in that moment, that song kind of spoke to me. He he was saying like, "Let's just bring it back." Oh, strip it down. I think that's what it's called. Strip it down, down. <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. Okay, this country. But uh, he's saying strip it down. So, like, let's take away all these distractions because mm-hmm. that's what they are, just noise in yeah. life. Yeah. Things start to get between you and your love, which we actually have an episode coming up called The Wife is Second. Oh, that's right. In which we'll dive into that in more detail. But things start to kind of get in the way of between Mm-hmm. You and your love. Yeah. So that's what was happening with me. I was allowing yeah. things to get in between me and stuff. Just noise, really. Mm-hmm. It took me to get back to the place where I utmost fell in love with her. And uh, that was, I, I kid you not, it was her laugh. Wow. That, that's what drew me to stuff the first time. So I, I'm not a believer in love at first sight. I think that's uh, Fantasy and Nicholas Sparks' books. Um, <laughs> Hell, kids. Good night. And uh, I yeah. do believe in, in like at first sight, infatuation at first sight. But I think love is a choice you have to make every single day. So when you say you're in love, it's because you're choosing to show that person uh, unconditional grace and care and, and love. And being in love is saying, I'm, I'm choosing you. You know, it's not something I'm being forced to do. The the universe didn't align and we we just met. No, listen, you you saw someone you thought was attractive. They they did things that you felt you were compatible with or that really stuck to your heart in a certain way. And then you said, I'm going to choose to love this person because love really is an action. I mean, it's it's more than just words. It's more than just candy and flowers. It's, It's when things aren't going well, still choosing that person and saying, hey, look, I love you, which is my three things. Well, uh, that I, I think is important to answer this question. Um, 
and, and I, my three things come from a book called uh, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. It's an incredible book for relationships, not just like marriages or dating or whatnot, but just any kind of relationships. But the first one is always seek connection. You know, if you're always saying, look, I, I just want to be connected to you. We may not agree right now on this, this whatever it is, this argument we're, we're going through over and over again. But but for me, that the, there's two connections. The first one, personally, is you connect to Jesus, and then you connect to your spouse. You know, I mean, it's just it's the most important things, uh, in my opinion. Secondly, is is communicate clearly. Um, you know, your spouse needs to know what you're feeling, what your expectations are, and then part of communication for me is also listening to understand, mm-hmm. not just hearing them talk and then having an immediate response back, but really listening to understand it. It's something I struggle with sometimes, especially if I'm heated or I'm feeling defensive. I don't listen as well. So when it comes to dealing with a difficult person, if it is your spouse, really listen to understand what they're saying because you may not be hearing them clearly. Even though you're communicating your feelings well, you're not hearing them communicate theirs well. Yeah. So that's important. And then uh, set healthy boundaries. I think you need to set rules for your arguments. You know, and say, look, you know, if if we're going to fight about a topic, we're going to fight for each other, not against each other. And uh, we also need to understand that, uh, you know, I'm not going to listen to you scream at me. So if that's what you're going to do to communicate, I'm just going to walk to the other room. When you get done screaming, we can sit down and have a conversation. That's what we tell our children. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so you set those same kind of boundaries with your spouse, with your coworkers, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, here's here's the way I can communicate in a healthy way. Anything outside of this box, I'm unhealthy, you're going to be unhealthy, nothing's going to get accomplished. Yep. So if we seek connection, communicate clearly, set good boundaries, I think you're, you're having the recipe for some success in your um, lack of communication or lack of understanding each other that's causing these disagreements and whatnot. Yeah. And after 10 years, 11, 12, 15, 20, mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to be right. That's right. And... Uh, so having guidelines, having rules. Yeah. Let me just say, every fight, in general speaking, has a rule. Even UFC fighting has rules. That's right. Even street fights. I've seen several of these. Yeah. You ever seen there's Fight Club? Un- <laughs> there's some unspoken rules, and you know when the line's crossed, yeah. even in a street fight. Yeah. So why can't, why should marriages not have healthy rules? That's right. When something's broken, it's got to be fixing. (laughs) (laughs) Fixing, y'all. Write that down. That's Uh, a new one. Not saying marriages are broken, but whenever there's confrontation or whenever there's something that needs to be discussed, there's got to be a healthy platform to get better. Yeah, that's why you set boundaries, because what you're trying to say is that, look, I actually care about you, and so because of that, and because of the love I have for you, despite the fact that we are on opposite ends of the spectrum right now on this topic, um, I want us to, you know, have this strong connection. And and right now this is pulling us apart. So mm-hmm. to set us up for a safe environment to communicate our feelings, we have to have some boundaries. Yeah. I also liked when you said earlier, um, <clears throat> fight for each other instead of yeah. just fighting each other. That yeah. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. You know, I've counseled so many people in their marriages, and a lot of times what I have found is they forget that they're on the same team. And sometimes it takes something as simple as just sitting down and saying, hey, tell each other why you got married to begin with. And that moment is usually pretty powerful in those sessions that they get to just reflect back on what you said earlier. You know, 
why did I choose this person to begin mm-hmm. with? Yeah. You know, so it, it, it does good. And, um, and like I said, I, I think, uh, again, dealing with difficult people, whether it's your spouse or not, you know, whatever it is, always seek some sort of connection there because when you can seek connection, you can find common ground and then you're able to communicate clearly. You can have the boundaries to, to have good rules and you can model the fruit of the Spirit when you have gentleness, kindness, peace, patience, self-control, love, those kind of things. Yeah. So I, uh, that's all I got, man, for, for that. What do, what do you think, Matt? Any final thoughts? Well, thanks for listening to the Mattcast. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed yourself. Wow. <laughs> and uh, no, thanks, guys. Uh, and join us on the next episode where we discuss... How did dad? I, I'm I'm kind of nervous about that one. Me too, because our wives are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just going to discuss uh, the success and failures that we've seen in our personal lives, our personal experiences dealing with our kids, because mm-hmm. uh, every kid's a little different. That's right. Or so they say. <laughs> and so they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for, for listening, like, like Matt said. And be sure to follow us on Instagram. We're posting stuff, uh, not every day because we're slow, but we're getting there. And uh, we want you to share this podcast with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And, and you know, thanks again for listening because this is the Matt Cast. <laughs>